come on right now. Let's just sing of the goodness of God with your own words. Just sing of the goodness of God. The word says, surely goodness and mercy. Surely goodness and mercy. Not maybe. Surely his goodness is following after us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a sweet presence of the Lord we feel in this place tonight. Amen. I'm glad to know that goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. He is running after you. Amen, amen, amen. I love this church. I love my pastor. I love the leadership here. I love my wife. I love our students. I love the students' parents. I'm thankful for a lot of people this month. I know that the month of November, we, we tend to be thankful and be grateful, and I'm just trying to do a better job of telling the people that I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for this church today. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter uh, 12 tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, starting at verse 2, I will remind you tonight also of our family tree prayer this Saturday from 9.30 to 11 here at the church. If you're in a family of one or family of a ton, as Pastor said, uh, you are welcome to be a part of the family tree prayer this Saturday morning at 9.30 here at the church. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says this, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And tonight we're going to talk about that first portion of that scripture, looking unto Jesus. Amen. Let's pray over the word tonight. Lord, we thank you, God, for your sweet presence that's already in this place, for your goodness and your mercy that are following us. Lord, we thank you for your body that has gathered together tonight, a family night, a first Wednesday. Everyone's together, Jesus. We are here to worship your name. God, I'm asking that you would anoint your messenger, anoint us tonight, Jesus. Open up our hearts and our minds to be able to receive your word and what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Tree of Life Church said amen. Amen. You may be seated. In a Sunday school class a couple weeks ago, the youth talked about this. We talked about the topic of faith. So for a couple of them, this will be a refresher. And to those of them that have forgotten already, this will seem brand new all over again. We're going to talk about faith tonight. If I asked you what faith is, if you've been in church a while, you might uh, give me the response, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things uh, not seen. Well, what is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us it's a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us that without faith, whatever it is, we can't please God. Ephesians 4 says there's one Lord, one faith, in one baptism, there's, there's not many faiths, there's not, there's not many, many ways to heaven, there is one way to heaven, there's one road to heaven, there is one faith. Romans 12 and 3 says that the Lord has given every man a measure of faith. 
Galatians 5 and 22 tells us that it is a fruit of the Spirit, or rather a a production of the Holy Ghost working on the inside of us. Faith will come out of us when we abide in Christ. It is also a gift of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. Faith is the only thing that is a fruit of the Spirit as well as a gift of the Spirit. Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith it is impossible to please God For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, this is Wednesday night Bible study. I'll go off on a tangent here. The reward of seeking God is God. The reward of prayer is not an answered prayer. The reward of time spent in prayer is God. The reward of fasting is not being able to say, I did another spiritual discipline. I fasted today. The reward of fasting is being able to say, I heard from God. I got God. The reward of reading the scripture or being in church is not being able to say, I heard the word, I read the word, I did what I was supposed to do. It says he daily loadeth us with benefits. Yes, there are many rewards, there are many benefits, there are many blessings. But when you diligently seek God, the reward is God himself. Without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So in that right there shows us a little bit about what faith is. We must believe that he is. James talks about faith as well. James 2, 17, he says that without works, your faith is dead. So not only is faith just believing, but there has to be something that happens because of your faith. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the hall of faith. When we read through it, we see all of these what I call faith heroes, just a a hall of fame of the Bible, these shortened, condensed verses of what all of these people did by faith for the Lord. I'm going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 through the end of the end of the chapter. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. He doesn't even have time to tell us about all the prophets. He just says the prophets. He can't even name them. Who through faith did these things. They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouth of lions quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy of these people. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided something better for us that they without should not be made perfect. These people did not even receive the promise. 
he, he concludes that scripture, the, the, the chapter breakups are done for us, but usually back when they were writing the scripture, they just wrote an entire letter. So when you go from Hebrews, the end of Hebrews 11 to the beginning of Hebrews chapter 12 is where we started tonight. Wherefore, seeing about, we are so compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses like these people, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run the, with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and I'll go off on another tangent here because it's Bible study. When we see the parables about joy, there was joy over lost things, the coin, the sheep, and the prodigal son. So for the joy of the lost thing being returned to him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising our shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All of these people did these things by faith, through faith, in faith, not just believing, but in an action. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. So let us not just admire them, but let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Run with patience the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. We're going to go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13. This is in the middle of the hall of faith. He says this, These all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. They are seeking something. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might not have had an opportunity and returned but now they desire a better country that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. They died in faith, having not received the promise, but they saw it afar off. What did they see? These Old Testament heroes of the faith, having not received the promise, but having seen them afar off. What did they see? Looking unto Jesus. There is a promise coming down that dusty road. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to it. They didn't even know who he was. We know who he is. Having not received the promise, but seeing something afar off, they were persuaded of them. They were convinced they stood firm in their persuasion. You cannot sway them. They embraced them. They hugged them. They wrapped up that promise, those things that they saw afar off, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Not thinking about the country from where they came. Maybe they might have returned to it if they started thinking about it, but they desired a better country. What were they looking for? Looking unto Jesus that faith that they had, not just the belief, not just the acknowledgement that he exists, because James says that, that the devils also believe in one God, so congratulations, they acknowledge him as well. Just because you believe doesn't mean you've got faith in him, but confidence in him. 
hope in him, trust in him. There are many, many things that we as humans in 2020 can put our faith into. All of those things outside of Jesus Christ will not return to you. You're putting your faith in something that is not going to return any investment to you whatsoever. You may think, well, there, it's, it's, it's a quick term. I'm getting something now, but it's temporary. Everything but this word will burn up one day. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only thing that will remain, looking unto Jesus. Blessed are the people which believe and have not seen Thomas. Blessed are you for, for seeing and now you believe. You touched my hands, you felt my side, and now you believe. Blessed are the people that have not seen and still believe. That's us. I don't know about you. We did this in class. I asked everyone, if anyone has actually seen the manifestation of God Almighty in the flesh, Jesus Christ walking around a Kroger or down the, the street one day, I have not seen him. I've, I've not witnessed that. Anybody? Okay, I just, wanted, I just wanted to make sure. I have not seen him, and yet I still believe in him. Do you know why? Because I have experienced him. That's your testimony. Nobody can take that from you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's not just to believe in him, but to trust him, to have hope in him, to have confidence in him to follow him and not follow him and this as well and not to have hope and trust in Jesus but also hope and trust in this and not to say yes I'm going to go to church but I can't wait to get home and watch TV I can't wait to see what's happening I'm going to go to church I'm going to do my duty I'm going to sing the songs I'm going to pray at the end but my mind is somewhere else I follow Jesus on Sunday mornings, on Wednesday nights, but as soon as I clock out, I'm following somebody else. It's not a looking unto Jesus on Sunday and then looking elsewhere the rest of the week. It's not a glance at the Lord. It's a gaze of our hearts. It's not a glance at him quickly. Jesus, how are you? You're doing good. I've got faith. I believe in you. See you later. More important things to to be concerned about today. No. Looking unto Jesus. And yeah, this is over here, but I'm looking at Jesus. And yeah, this is happening over here, and I might glance at that because it might trip me up, laying aside every sin and weight which does so easily beset me, but I'm looking at Jesus, running with patience that race which is set before me. Looking unto Jesus. It's not a glance, it's a gaze. It's the gaze of our heart. Because we have not seen him alive and in the flesh, clearly we can't physically look to him. When we raise our eyes and we look up from where our help comes from, all we see are ceilings or clouds. So when we look, we're not, we don't see him, but I'm looking with my heart. Your heart's always looking somewhere. Your mind is always thinking about something. My father-in-law would say this, think about what you're thinking about. Where does your mind go? In your downtime. Our downtime is not our time to be down from the kingdom. 
There is no retirement from the kingdom. Saint of God who's been in church for 50 years, thank you for working. Thank you for serving. You may have retired from your occupation, but there is no retirement from the kingdom. There is no retirement from the kingdom. We are earnestly looking for Jesus. Our faith, our belief, shapes our values, and our values will shape our actions. I can prove this to you through Hebrews 11. All of these people did things and then died in faith. Their belief in God shaped their values, which shaped their actions. So if we work backwards, we can take a look at our actions and see where our faith is. And when you see those who are so wrapped up in church, and then all that guy ever does is talk about church and, and the kingdom and, and Bible studies and, and are we getting together as a youth group, and that's all he ever talks about. It's probably because that's where his mind is. That's where his heart is. But if we can't wait to stop talking about the Lord so we can get back to what we can get back to real life, we're not looking unto Jesus. All of these faith heroes did things through faith. They acted on what they believed in. They accomplished things by faith and through faith. I'm going to turn to Daniel chapter 3 and talk about some faith heroes who are not named by name, but who are in the book of Hebrews. Daniel chapter 3. The majority of us probably know this story. The cream of the crop has been taken captivity into Babylon, and they are being forced to bow down to this statue that has been erected. I think it's about 90 feet tall, which is extremely tall. I think it's three times the, the height of the current building we're in. When the music plays, bow down. And so these three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they look at each other and they say, okay, when this music's played, you're not going to bow, right? No, I'm not going to bow. And you're not going to either. No, 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 no. Okay. I just, you guys are in. I'm in. We'll do this. Let's do this. And so the music is played and everybody bows down. Something that a, a minister spoke at Ohio camp a couple years ago that I had never considered shocked me. He said, these were not the only three Hebrew boys to have been taken captivity. And so there were probably other cream of the crop, handsome, smart, full of wisdom men that were taken captivity that were in the youth group or in the small group or, or in the prayer group of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And when that music was played, it might have been a wake-up call because they looked at them bowing down and thought, what are you doing? We, go to, we were in church together. The three of us are standing up. What are you doing? And that person probably said, I Man, I don't want to die. You, they were going to throw us into the furnace if we don't bow. I know, but we're looking unto Jesus. Where are you looking? His life was his own. That's why, they, that's why they lost it. But these three Hebrew boys had faith. Verse 16, chapter 3 says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Why? Because they were looking unto Jesus. 
because their faith shaped their values, which shaped their actions. That's why they're not careful to answer him in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. I think a lot of us might have had that prayer before, that faith, that I'm, I'm being faced with a trial right now, but God's going to pull me out of it. That's my faith. Here's where their faith dives even deeper. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Their faith was so deep that they not only said, we believe God's going to deliver us out of it. They said, even if he doesn't, we still have faith in him. Why? Because their faith wasn't just a, a daily glance. Uh, uh, I'm just looking up at Jesus every now and again. Maybe when a scripture pops up across my social media feed, I'll read it. Or maybe not. Maybe I'll just see the first three words and, and keep scrolling. It's not that. Their faith in God was a gaze, a gaze, a constant stare. Their heart just kept looking after him. This was happening over here. Okay, I see it, but I'm going to look back over here. This is happening over here. We're gonna, if we don't bow, we're going to die. Okay, if we don't bow, we're going to die. But I'm looking unto Jesus. My faith, my hope, my trust, their eternity was placed in Jesus Christ. Amen. If be so, but if not. That's a deep, deep faith. Their faith shaped their values. Their belief in God shaped their value, that they valued the word of God and obedience to him more so than obedience to a worldly king. And so therefore, their value of his word over the worldly king's word shaped their actions. I understand what you have to say, O king, all due respect, but we can't. We just can't. Their faith shaped their value and their values shaped their actions. Where is your faith at today? Is your faith in God? Where are your actions at today? Are all of your actions pointing towards the Lord? If not, work backwards a little bit. Where's your values at? Where are your, where is your faith placed? Our faith needs to be placed solely in God, not 99%, not Lysol 99.9%, 100% in Jesus Christ. My faith is not in man. Even Paul said it like this. I'm not here to preach with excellency of speech just to make sure that your faith is not in men, but in God alone. Even the ministry, even the, the reverend people that we reverence and have respect for, it, our faith is not in them. Our faith is not in, in, in a building, in, in a structure. Our faith is not in a country. Our faith is not in a political party. My faith is not in any one person to come in here and save everything. My faith is in God. I'm looking unto Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of my faith. I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus. I'm looking unto Jesus. Where is your gaze? Where's your gaze? I know that your gaze tonight on a Wednesday night, your body's probably in tune. There's a, a pathway in your, in your mind, a, a neurological receptors that on Wednesday nights at seven, we go to church and that's what we do. But when church is over, when there's downtime, 
Is your downtime time to just waste or to be consumed or to be entertained or to rather entertain things through mediums or media? Where are we at? Where is our gaze? Where is your gaze at tonight? I pray that my faith is my gaze, that my faith, my looking unto Jesus, that's where my heart is nonstop all of the time. It's the eternal gaze of the heart. When we read that scripture, looking unto Jesus, again, our eyes can't go anywhere. I see, I see lights. I see a lot of lights. I see drywall. So when I look to Jesus, how do I look to Jesus? It's with the eternal gaze of my heart. Lord, forever, I'm looking to you. What does your word say? What does your voice say? Not at noon, not at five o'clock, but in the morning. Lord, before I go anywhere, before I've come into contact with anybody, before I've come into contact with my coffee machine that I attribute to my good attitudes in the morning, before I get to that point, Jesus, let me hear your voice. Let me look to you. Let me open your word. Let me be set up and ready to go before I do anything to walk by faith, not by my sight, my faith in Jesus Christ. When trouble arises, where is your gaze? God forbid there be a social injustice in this country. Where does your gaze go? Who do you look to for a statement? What celebrity do we turn to to see what they had to say about the situation? What news station do we turn to to see what they said? Where is our gaze? When something happens in the world, in your personal life, or even in our nation, where do you look? With your eyes, yes, but where does your heart wander? What, what do they have to say about this? Because usually whoever you're listening to and, and where your gaze goes, that again shapes your values and shapes your actions. If your faith is in news outlets, if your faith is in celebrities or people who have platforms in this country, and I look to them to see what they said, Scripture says you're not fit for the kingdom. You got your hand to the plow, but you're looking back. That's not where we're supposed to be looking. The kingdom is there. It's forward. Get behind that plow. Look unto Jesus and push. Don't turn around. Don't turn around. Their opinions don't matter anyway. <laughs> Their opinions, I need to say that again, apparently. Their opinions don't matter anyway. Looking unto Jesus. If you really consider what this scripture has to say, you will know that the Lord has a statement on everything. If you think, but I, okay, so preacher said, go look to Jesus when something happens, I'm going to open up his word. And you read the word and nothing jumps out to you and you think, well, that didn't help me at all. You weren't, you weren't looking. You're looking for a temporary answer. There is an eternal answer in here. Looking unto Jesus. Where's your gaze? Where is your gaze? Where is your gaze? Last scripture, I'm going to turn to Job chapter 23. You can all stand if you'd like to. Job chapter 23. Job has had a lot of things happen in his life. He's sitting down with three friends, and I don't know that his gaze is on the Lord the entire time. He's getting a lot of bad advice from one friend and a lot of uh, hearsay from another friend and a lot of here's what I think from another friend. 
But in, in chapter 23, Job says this, verse 8. He says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. So he's got faith because I'm looking for Jesus. I'm acting in it. I'm going forward, but he is not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he usually works, but I cannot behold him. And he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. It's the trying of his faith. The trying of the patience. The trying of, I know there was this distraction, but did you look unto Jesus the whole time? Was your gaze always upon the Lord? Was your gaze always upon the scriptures? I know there were times where maybe you couldn't feel Jesus. I went there and I couldn't feel him. And I went there where he usually is and I couldn't feel him. And I prayed and I, I didn't feel anything. But he knows the way that I take. That's faith. Not just believing that he's going to be there, but even if I can't feel him, I know he's there. And I know that he knows where I am. He knows the way that I take. And Job says this, when he's tried me, because I know that's what I'm going through right now. When he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. That's the trying of his faith. That makes us perfect. That's the sevening of the saints that pastors talked about. That's us being perfected when our faith is tried, when the distractions of this world try to take our gaze off of Jesus Christ, but we say, no, 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 that doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm, I might fall down, but I will arise. I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep on looking at Jesus. I know that there's this distraction over here, but I'm going to keep on looking to Jesus. He's the author, and he's the finisher of my faith. If he put every, a measure of faith in every man, then it's there for a reason. There is faith in me for a reason. I don't know why. I can't find him, but I believe in him. I look to him. My heart is constantly gazing at him. So my question to you tonight is this. Where is your gaze? Is your gaze just off? Some of those services, we come out of church service, and it's just our mind is so focused on God. Blessed are the pure in heart, so they shall see God. We see God everywhere we go. And then things begin to just cloud us because we stop walking by faith and we start walking by what we see because, again, we, we can see it and it seems real to us. So we, okay, well, I acknowledge this. I see all this, and we stop walking by faith. Where's your gaze at tonight? Is your gaze on Jesus Christ? Is your gaze on the Lord? We're going to take just a few moments tonight and just sing and worship the Lord. Worship is what helps us refocus our gaze on him. Because we say, I, I know that I had a tough day at work, and I know that I had a tough day at school, and I know that, that the sun's setting earlier now, so it's darker, and we got dinner time, and we got to come to church. But I worship you, God. And I lay aside everything, and I'm here just for you. Come on, right now, if you would just lift up your hands, we're going to begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Turn your gaze onto Jesus. 
Lord, help us to refocus on you tonight, God. There are so many things that can distract us and get our minds off of you. Maybe even stuff within the church that we, we get so busy caught up doing church that we forget that we are here for you. And we start looking around the church at what we can do and what there is to be done. And we stop looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Would you make that your prayer tonight? Lord, help me to focus tonight, God. Help my gaze to be on you. Whatever my mind is on, maybe you don't, maybe you're unsure. God, search me, Lord. Find out my secret faults, God. Reveal something to us tonight, Jesus, of where our heart really is today, God, and reset us. Reset us tonight, Lord, that our gaze is on you, that we are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name.